Hello and welcome to Not If I Reboot You First, a podcast where we take our favorite properties and reboot them before Hollywood has the chance to. It's a little bit like brainstorming fanfiction. I'm Lindsay and I use she, her pronouns. I'm Tanner, I use they, them, and today it's People's Choice episode, a belated People's Choice episode, and we're gonna enter the suck zone. We're talking about Twister from 1996. Yes, oh, I was wondering what year that was. <laughs> Twister, a movie which, okay, okay, let's, first off, I want to start by saying, Twister is a great movie, and everyone else is just mean. Okay. Everyone, okay, so, where, where do I start? Where do I start by roasting everyone who attempts to roast this movie? There are silly things in this movie, absolutely. There are cows that, that fly, just, just chill, they're just chilling as they fly through the air via a tornado. Yeah. But... Okay, so the plot of a twister. There is a woman named Joe Thornton, and in 1969, Oklahoma, she and her family are awakened by an approaching tornado. Uh, the family goes to shelter, but while the dad tries to keep the shelter door closed, he gets ripped out by the tornado and killed. And it's very frightening because Joe is a very small child. Mm-hmm. Years later, Joe has become a storm chaser, meteorologist, tornadologist. She, she likes she likes them tornadoes. I mean, she doesn't like them. She she hates them. They killed her dad, but she appreciates studying them to help other people. At some point, she was married to Bill. Oh, and by the way, Joe is played by Helen Hunt, and Bill is played by Bill Paxton. Yeah. Which is great, because I'm probably going to be using the names Joe and Helen interchangeably, but with <laughs> Bill, it's just Bill. <laughs> uh, you gotta love the Danza trope. Indeed. Also, young Joe Thornton was played by Alexa Vega, who grew up to be a spy kid. Oh, cool. Which is wild, because they look nothing alike, and Alexa Vega, I, I, she's not even white, <laughs> I don't think. <laughs> yeah. Hmm. Anyway. Helen Hunt is extremely white. <laughs> Anyways, so so years later, at, Joe has married and divorced Bill. They were storm chasers together. Now Bill is looking to retire from that, and also he needs Joe to sign the divorce papers so that he can finally marry his new fiance, who is a divorce counsel, counselor. Counselor? I was going to say councilman. Yeah, it's a counselor. Yeah. <laughs> Melissa. Her name is Melissa. And, but while he's trying to get her to sign the divorce papers, uh, they got cut up in Joe and her whole Storm Chaser crew, which does involve Philip Sarah Hoffman involved in that. And Cameron from Ferris Bueller's Day Off is also here. <laughs> yeah, there's a bunch of interesting people. Also, um, Wesley from The Princess Bride is in this. But he he's the bad guy. He's the yeah. he's the people bad guy. Because yeah. the true villains are are, are tornadoes. <laughs> <laughs> and okay, so listen, so here's the thing is that everyone likes to harp on this movie because it's like, oh, it's so silly because the tornadoes are specifically chasing after Joe and Joe is trying to kill tornadoes and da da da. Joe Joe is gonna be like Levi and live I live Tyler. Joe is Liv Tyler in Attack on Titan. And <laughs> she's gonna kill every tornado. Okay. Because every critic of this movie has never heard of a phobia or post-traumatic stress. Yeah, apparently. The premise of the film is not that tornadoes are specifically trying to kill Joe. The premise of the film is that Joe perceives their tornadoes as her enemy because they traumatized her as a child. Yeah. They killed her father. They better prepare to die. (laughs) And she has a whole 
rant at Bill when she says, hey, well, Kate, I'm going to paraphrase because she says, the source of my trauma is the fact that it seemed like the tornado chased after me because it only destroyed our house when it went past other houses. And isn't that weird and wild? And it's not scientifically accurate, but it fucked up my head. Yeah. <laughs> the cows thing is silly, though. Yeah. We we should say off the top that uh, this movie features a big dose of uh, artistic license physics because tornadoes just don't work like that yeah it's very much don't touch the funnel cloud you're you're safe you can stand right in front of a tornado and it's fine but as soon as you touch the black windy bits oh you're dead yeah that though that being said okay it doesn't run as on as much artistic license as you would remember because there's a lot of situations where the biggest threat is there's a lot of debris flying around and tornado tornado's still way over there, but it's throwing buzzsaws at us. Yeah. Not specifically, but there are buzzsaws and they got eaten. Mm-hmm. The other thing the other thing we should say is that th- this is coming out. So we delayed it because a big tornado went by Nashville when it was originally gonna be coming out. And then recently other tornadoes have been touching down. And we, well, okay, I was going to say we, I, me, Tanner, waffled back and forth because I wasn't sure when or if we should even put out something like this. But Lindsay did point out that, what did you point out? You were smart. Uh, basically, there's no good time to put this out. <laughs> Fun fact, America's chock-a-block full of tornadoes most months of the year. Yeah. And the problem is... Okay, so there are there is increase in tornado activity because of global warming, uh, but that's not it's not as much as you'd think. And the climate change, is, as far as I could tell, is mostly affecting hurricanes, like tropical storms, more than just tornadoes. Yeah. So th- there is an uptick, but like not to the point of the day after tomorrow levels. <laughs> yeah. Where seventeen bespoke tornadoes touch down in L.A., then Voltron into a single tornado and wipe out the entire city. <laughs> Hey, hey, Twister, at the very least, has better science than the day after tomorrow. Twister seems to has, have better science than a lot of natural disaster movies. In the day after tomorrow, they have to outrun the concept of below freezing temperatures. Yeah, that somehow seem to be able to, I, I don't know, spread like... Spro- Frost apparently spreads like it's fucking sprinting, like it's... Goddamn, uh, 28 Days Later Zombies. <laughs> There's a whole sequence where Jake Gyllenhaal and friends are being chased by Frost and also wolves. Yeah. I mean, the wolves aren't afraid of a lot of stuff. Um, but the wolves also, the wolves could predict climate change. Yeah, apparently. <laughs> Which, I don't know, maybe there's something in their system that could do that, but not to the degree that was shown in yeah. the... <laughs> this and... is not a... <laughs> this is not reboot of Day After Tomorrow. This is reboot of Twister. But rather, it is the... Se- Actually, hang on. Before we get into what I'm doing with it, I should also talk about Carrie Elwes as the human bad guy. He plays... I want to say Jonah? Jonas. He plays Dr. Jonas Miller, who he's evil because he stole Joe's design for, like, the probes that she and her team are going to launch into tornadoes. The whole, the whole shtick, other than the rekindling of Joe and Bill's romance, is that Joe has developed a machine called Dorothy that you put it into the tornado and it unleashes a whole bunch of probes that can like monitor all the information and get so many more scientific readings out of a tornado than just like watching it and like gauging the damage after the fact. 
which was also like stuff that they had to do. The, when they talk about the Fujita scale in the movie, it was based almost solely on damage after a tornado went through. Yeah. So, and yeah, so here's another thing. Everyone likes to say, oh, they use the Fujita scale wrong because they're just calling out right now, oh, this is definitely an F5, this is definitely an F3, da 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 da. But if we actually watch clips from the movie, they're all saying, yeah, this is probably going to be an F2 because you can't say until you look at the damage. But you can you look at a big ass tornado and say, pretty confident that's going to be an F5 because it's going to fuck us up completely. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, now we use the Enhanced Vegeta Scale, the EF Scale, which is partially on damage, but also based on wind speed. And so it's a better, like, you can actually say right off the top, yes, this is an EF5, because it's fast. Yeah, it's real fast. It's, it's really fast, yo. So Jonas Miller, he stole the design for Dora 3 and called it Dot 3, because he's uh, terrible at naming things, apparently. Yeah. He stole their design, and he also has corporate backers that are funding his research, now, I this is one criticism that I kind of understand, because in the 90s, basically their beef, if you took out the fact that he stole their design and was going to use it to help people, the main beef was that, oh, he's doing this to get rich and getting corporate backing, whereas we're in it for the thrill of the chase? He's, he's, a, he's a corporate storm chaser, not like us, who are storm chasing for art's sake. <laughs> Yeah, that that doesn't sound right. Like, Stormtaches at least try to have the pretense of um, scientifically, like, observing. Yeah, like most... So, according to Wikipedia, most Storm Chasers, they at least have a background in meteorology. Yeah. And they, like, not only that, but they are kind of like first responders in the sense that they alert local authorities and weather reporting stations that there's a storm coming. But also they help with relief afterwards as well. So yeah, Storm Chasers, like, if you can get financial backing, that's great. Here's the thing, though. Picture, picture yourself in 2020. <laughs> and Jefferson Bezos <laughs> says, I am going to find a storm chasing and tornado monitoring service. Oh, How do you think that's going to go? I mean, so much funding has been cut to universities that... It's very tempting. Yeah, but still, I would, I would rather trust someone who has a university grant than corporate funding. I would sooner trust someone with government backing. Yeah, that too. Yeah. Because when you're funded by corporate, you're like, you can report all the storms you want, but they're going to only take action if it's like going to threaten the Coca-Cola cocaine crops or whatever. <laughs> I will say Coca-Cola's defense, they probably still don't have cocaine fields. They're still working through the reserve from when they first started. <laughs> yeah. It's 1903 vintage. Cocaine don't expire. <laughs> probably. Maybe? I don't know how, how all that works. Hang on, let me go to a drug dealer and say, I'd like to return this cocaine. It's past the best before date. That's not a good idea. I would like a refund or at the very least a gift card. <laughs> anyway. Anyway. Today we're talking Twister. Yeah. Specifically, we're talking Twister 2, the next generation. <laughs> it's only going to be threatening your marijuana fields. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. So here's the thing. Twister 
is a disaster movie, but okay, even though I said that the tornadoes aren't specifically chasing after Joe because of the way things work out, it is also kind of a monster movie. Yeah. So I'm going to lean a bit further into that in the sense that Twister 2 The Next Generation is a little bit Jaws. Ooh. Not, not in the sense that there's a single tornado hunting people down, <laughs> but that there is a tornado emergency that is approaching, and everyone, all the experts who say, hey, like, batten down the rafters and hold on to your hats and, like, get people to safety, all their warnings are falling on deaf ears because fucking the beaches. <laughs> Keep the beaches open! <laughs> oh. Yeah. Um, also, I said next generation because, hey, guess what? Joe and Bill, I've decided they had a kid. <laughs> of course. Unfortunately, it's 2020. <laughs> I remembered that we have an, a whole extra decade of time to work with. Yeah. <laughs> because when I initially had this idea, I was like, oh, wait, their kid can't be the main character because they'd only be 14. Oh, no, wait. Time can, has continued to flow. <laughs> their kid would be 20. <laughs> their kid would be 24. Yes. Which is a terrifying so, thought. <laughs> so here's the backstory that we shall learn over the course of Twister 2 The Next Generation is that between Twister 1 and Twister 2 The Next Generation, Joe and Bill, of course, they remarried, and then they had a kid, and then Bill died. And Bill, I decided that Bill, the character, is going to die the same way that Bill Paxson died in real life. He had uh, an issue with a damaged heart valve, and he would have undergone surgery, and then he would have died of a stroke a few days later. And this is going to really mess up Joe because, th like, the whole storm-chasing crew, they always expected that if they were going to die, they were going to die from a, something tornado-related. And the fact yeah. that Bill went out from heart issues, she's going to be stuck like, that. that's not right. That's not how it was supposed to be. That's, that's such a boring death for such a cool guy who we nicknamed The Extreme. Yeah. So Joe has kind of fallen into... Uh, just she's given up on storm chasing. She's kind of fallen into alcoholism. She's only barely getting by. But meanwhile, they had a daughter that they ended up giving up because we we carry this kid to term, but we really weren't thinking about how you can't raise a child while you're also chasing tornadoes. So we we do need to. Sur so okay, hang. On. I think I need to change this now because it took me until saying it out loud to realize that. Joe just Joe and Bill deciding that they shouldn't have a, a, this live child, this already created child while chasing tornadoes is actually terrible parenting and does not yes. inspire any kind of sympathy. Yeah. This isn't the medieval times where you can just leave a child on a doorstep. Yeah, they can... Okay, they're not going to take the child with them during actual tornado chasing stuff, but she... This child must have grandparents. Oh, she does, because there's, uh, Joe's grandmother is in the first movie. Or maybe her aunt. Yeah, Aunt Meg. Oh, good. Oh, cool. And, uh, Lois Smith, who played her, is also still around and still acting, as far as I can tell. Neat. Oh, she was also the grandma in True Blood. And she was in Lady Bird. Still haven't seen Lady Bird. My mom said that it was a really good movie and I'd be bored to death. Aha. Uh -huh. <laughs> okay, they do need to be estranged. Actually, okay. So how about they just, uh, Joe and the kid got estranged after Bill's death? Yeah. Because Joe, f failure failure to parent, and so Aunt Meg comes in and is like, you know what, I'm taking this kid because you've all of a sudden just become terrible. Yeah. Or you're not dealing with this well. Yeah. 
Um, but even despite everything, the kid still goes into like meteorology when they get to university and they too become a storm chaser. <laughs> it continues. So they are, I keep on saying they, they, cause I never settled on any kind of like actor or person or characteristics, but you know what? Yeah, this, this is non-binary kid. This is non-binary storm chaser. Okay. They are doing their studies and they're looking at the meteorology and they're like, hey, there's, according to my research, there's going to be a huge swath of tornadoes cutting through like this strip of the Midwest uh, in like a week. And it doesn't look like anyone is prepared. Also, that happens to be one of the ramshackle towns that my mom has moved to. Also, apropos of nothing, I'm on Bill Paxton's Wikipedia page and apparently he was, um... He didn't witness the Kennedy assassination, but he was definitely part of the crowd that saw Kennedy leave the Hotel Texas in Fort Worth on the day. What the fuck? Because <laughs> he was born and raised in Fort Worth, Texas, which is like basically a suburb of Dallas now. Huh. Yeah. <laughs> There's even a picture of him on the day. <laughs> What a weird piece of trivia. <laughs> yeah. I'm sorry. I'm just like, what the fuck? Um. <laughs> sorry. No, that's okay. I was looking at other stuff. Cause here, so here's the thing is that I've, I've, I've run out of <laughs> the concept of the reboot. This might be a very short episode because the reboot kind of explains itself. I don't. Like, it's not like I'm going to choreograph action set pieces of tornadoes coming down. It's like, yeah. the, the kid shows up and they bond with their mom again. Over tornado stuff? Maybe there's a new version of the Dorothy unit that they're using? Oh, maybe. Yeah. Oh, they've got drones! Woo! They've got drones and they're called flying monkeys. <laughs> and so they use that to like keep track of their tornadoes. So, okay, we could, we could get some... like overhead shots of tornadoes yeah and and whatnot yeah but like the main point is like all the tornado action is going to happen in the third act because the first act is like we okay we'll have some tornado action in the first act but this is just like a precursor and it's going to be very realistic like uh, joe jr and their storm chasing crew they're keeping a safe distance from a tornado they're like monitoring the situation on a conference call with like local weather stations and like a, a town hall or something yeah. and like just so we get to know them in the field and yeah. then then they find out about like the big tornadoes that are going to be coming based on the data they have and then like the second act is all like slice of life heading down to the town getting to know the people in the town uh, getting to know Joe senior once again yeah joe jr helping her kind of get a, at least a little bit sober like not completely sober because we only have so much time but like get your shit yeah. together at, yeah. to the point where you can help protect the town from the tornadoes and then after this we can deal with this on a more long-term basis yeah we just need you to go from low functioning alcoholic to high functioning alcoholic okay cool <laughs> and then yeah then the third act is when the tornadoes like show up and they have to like race to keep people protected and try and predict like their movements and figure out like how many of these are going to be hitting the town directly. Yeah. And how big is this going to get? Yeah. And that was another thing from like the original where like Bill 
they talked about how, like, Bill, he could just read tornadoes. He could see, he could look at a tornado, and he'd know exactly where it was going to move. Okay, that's a bit much, but... It's it's a bit woo-woo, but, like, I'm, I'm sure someone, if they observe enough tornadoes... Probably not realistically, but it's... I can suspend my disbelief. Yeah, and just, you know, growing up on... Or not growing up, but living on the prairies after a while, you can kind of tell what the weather's going to be like just from a quick glance at the sky. Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's the middle of winter and there's no clouds in the sky. Oh, fuck, it's going to be real cold today. Yeah. That's just, that's just how snow works. Yeah. Or um, middle of summer and all of a sudden there's no breeze at all. There's probably going to be a storm by the afternoon. Yeah. <laughs> if you look to the east, you'll just <laughs> see a wall of black. Yeah. Time to get inside. <laughs> I mean, not right this minute. You've, you've probably got a good several hours. Yeah. But... And people will push it to the limit of yeah. the storm. But uh, get all of your electronics charged and uh, break out the candles. Because, yeah, probably not going to have any electricity for a bit. Oh, God, there's... The, the, the town is probably going to have... If they're a prairie town, they're probably going to have a football game. And they're going to be like, okay, the tornadoes are going to be here by like 2 in the afternoon. Yeah, we'll be finished by 1.30. <laughs> Enough time. <laughs> okay, but like this is a serious, like, a serious weather storm. People could die. Yeah, but it's football. <laughs> No, it's probably baseball. Football in the States doesn't start until the fall. It's it's baseball and the col- the Cullens are playing under <laughs> the cover of tornadoes. <laughs> <laughs> and you know it's Little League or something. Or or no, no, it's like the beer league that my dad was in before he joined the Navy. <laughs> they probably want the next county over because for some reason that one gas station sells Corona real cheap. Uh. <laughs> or Old Milwaukee. Old Milwaukee is like the moose piss of beer. <laughs> hey, do you want me to tell you about some of the production issues on the film? Why, yes. <laughs> so most of the film was shot during sunny weather, which meant industrial light and magic had to do digital sky replacement shots in pretty much the entire film. Ooh, and this is 90s. And the director, Jan DeBont, who apparently was an absolute terror, was forced to schedule like three scenes a day in order to take advantage of whenever there were dark skies. <sighs> and then in order to have proper lighting inside all of the like truck shots... He yeah. had huge electronic lamps set up behind the cameras and ended up burning the retinas of Paxton and Helen Hunt. Ooh, ow. And then they, in one of the scenes, like, so when they hide under the bridge, okay, the bridge scene was unrealistic because they just like hide under a bridge while a tornado passes by and it's just, like this rickety wooden bridge. It's terrible and it's that's stupid. Yeah, um, you're, you're just better off in a ditch. Well, they were in a ditch under a bridge. Yeah. And yeah, that ditch was like, so nasty that they had to get uh, hepatitis shots. Ah! I can handle dirt, but there's a level where I'm like, oh, no, no. Also, during the same shot, she stood up too quickly and Helen Hunt cracked her head on the bridge. Ooh, God. Uh, there's a scene where the truck's driving through a cornfield and they have to like jump out of it while moving. Yeah. And she jumped out wrong and got a concussion because she hit her head on the side of the truck. Oh my god. 
And then the director, Jan de Bond, said, oh, she's clumsy. And Helen Hahn basically said, fuck you, you're a terrible director, I'll never work with you again. (laughs) And apparently he, like, would only shoot things, like, when he knew what he wanted. So he did, like, multiple shots of the same scene from various directions. And the camera crew, like, lost their fucking mind trying to work with him. Oh, God, I can only imagine. Uh, To the point where... Oh, also, Jan DeBont knocked an assistant cameraman over for missing a cue, so the entire crew just walked out. Oh my god. They did not come back. They had to hire a new camera crew. Holy fuck. And then the new director of photography, Jack Green, and Green, was struck in the head by a falling ceiling because a hydraulic house that was rigged to collapse was set off too early. Oh god. So then Jan DeBont was the third director of photography. Holy fuck. Oh, and apparently, because I'm also on the trivia page on TV Tropes, um, the filming of this, of Twister, ran into the filming of Mad About You, so Mad About yeah. You had to push had to be pushed back by, like, a year? Yeah, remember when I mentioned Mad About You a few weeks ago? Yeah. Foreshadowing. Oh. <laughs> oh, and apparently Paxton and Hunt grew to dislike each other during filming to the point that... When there was a twi- they made a Twister attraction at Universal Studios, their scenes had, in the pre-show had to be shot separately in different locations and then composited together. Oh, wow. Now, that being said, as far as I can tell, this was probably just a, a symptom of the filming being terrible. Yeah. So I'd like to think that if we went up to Helen Hunt and said, hey, do you want to be in Twister 2 The Next Generation? She'd be like, yeah, I'd be down as long as we have a good script and a director who knows what the fuck he's doing. Yes. Oh, who would be a good director for this? Um, James Cameron is way too expensive. <laughs> yeah, and too pretentious. Weird. Yeah. But speaking of James Cameron, what about Catherine Bigelow? Oh, yeah. And she's done disaster movies before. Yeah. I count K-19 The Widowmaker as definitely a disaster movie. <laughs> <laughs> Goddamn Russians and getting irradiated. <laughs> I'm just checking if there's any other fun trivia stuff. Um, not anything that I can really think of. Oh, apparently they try to make Carrie Yules put on a Midwestern American accent. Yeah, and it's just turned into, like, really Southern. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, also, this movie is a reason why the Dodge Ram is so popular. (laughs) Here's the thing, is that this film went, like, $30 million over budget, or actually, I think it was more than that. Um, wouldn't be surprised because it was also like another part of the Mad About You delays yeah but yeah like it was the final budget I don't know what the initial one was but the final budget was 92 million but this was a box office smash yeah and like Twister it was a cultural reset (laughs) truly so I guess we're also gonna have to get a sponsorship from uh, Dodge then I don't know if we'd have to work too hard on that. I feel like if we called them up and said, hey, Dodge, want to be in Twister again? You, you have any new Rams to sell? <laughs> They're like, yeah, we got all of these 20 whatevers. We're down. <laughs> Do you think we can get a new Van Halen song? <sighs> Is Van Halen still together? I have no idea. Do we think we could just get the rights back for the songs they used in the first one? Maybe. That might be easier. Yeah. Oh, they're still... Okay, they've been on hiatus since 2015. That's only five years. Yeah. Yeah, I think the only one who's still overly bitter about Van Halen is Sammy Hagar. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So here's here's another thing. The, the filmmakers, the studio, 
really wanted Sammy Hagar to write a new song for them, but he was tr- him and his wife were trying to like have their first baby. Oh, <laughs> and he had to fly back and home multiple times to Maui <laughs> in order to work or rework the song. And eventually, he just wrote the final lyrics on the dashboard of his car in ten minutes. We so could get back to his wife. Then the producer Bruce Fairbairn got caught between multiple arguments. And had to keep Sammy and Eddie away from each other in the studio. Yeah, because they don't get along. So yeah, I think that I think this film was also like a nail in one of the coffins for Van Halen until whatever point they got back together. Yeah, San Sammy. This this film truly was a, a cultural reset. I wonder what band we can get to split up by the use of Twister to the next generation. Hmm. Florida Georgia Line. Oh God! Ugh. We we shall drive an impossible wedge between them, and they will and all other rappers. They will never make another song again. Like, I hate their music, but it might end to blight upon country music. It's a cult. <laughs> we've saved, we've saved country music <laughs> by making a new Twister movie. <laughs> you know the two guys in that band can't stand each other. Yep. <laughs> because we got because Twister to the Next Generation shot by James Cameron. <laughs> and James Cameron personally punched one of the members of Florida Georgia Line and said it was the other one because it was real dark out. Because <laughs> he insisted on filming during an actual tornado. Oh god. <laughs> and that is the most I can think of. Yeah. I can't because here's here's all I came into this was Twister Two: The Next Generation. Hey, wasn't Twister One a really good movie? Let's do that again. Yeah, that that's fine. Like disaster movies aren't exist. Well, there's like a plot. There's a progression of events going on, but for the most part, it's just like, hey, stuff happened. Yeah, all like all we need to do is throw in some zany characters, some good character development, like. The reason why Titanic works is because you buy in into these characters. Mm-hmm. And you feel very sad when a bunch of them don't make it. Though on the other hand, you have Christopher Nolan's... Um, you have Dunkirk, where most of the characters are fairly blank slate-ish. But the, I think what he was trying to get the audience to do is like self-insert, basically. This is you stuck on the beach. Yeah. Yeah. See, I feel like that wouldn't be fun. I'm sure Christopher Nolan could make a great tornado movie, but it's not Twister. It's yeah. not Twister to the next generation. Yeah, no, no. This is more about the characters, so you need audience buy-in that these characters are important and you want to see them make it through. And now I'm just on the Wikipedia page for people with non-binary gender identities. Ah. Um, Sam Smith is too British for this role. Yeah. Uh, oh, 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 shit. We could put Bex Taylor Klaus in this. Ooh, yeah. They, they, I don't know. Wait, you didn't even watch Voltron. Do you know Bex Taylor Klaus from anything? Other than Voltron, no. Because <laughs> <laughs> they're also uh, in the Scream TV show. Oh. And they, actually, honestly, that was their biggest role. <laughs> they. Oh, yeah, they appeared on one episode of Glee. I just want to do a quick comparison with... Bex and Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt. Uh, oh, I don't think, I don't know if they could pass for their kid at all. Unless we do some hair and makeup stuff. I don't, here's the thing though, I don't, I don't care. <laughs> That's true. I want Bex to, actually, okay, actually, hang on, hang on. There is another option. 
because there was Tommy Dorfman is another non-binary actor there in 13 Reasons Why. They do actually look like they could be the child of Bill Paxton and Helen Hunt a little bit. Yeah, again, I think it needs some hair and makeup to adjust that. But, but not as much as Bex Taylor Klaus. Yeah. But, but we can still put Bex Taylor Klaus in it. Yeah. They can, they can be the, the, the sidekick, the lancer, maybe even the partner. Yeah. This, this is our all-non-binary storm-chasing team. <laughs> and Helen Hunt. Yes. And I think with that, I think now we, we've found a good place to sp- finish, unless you can think of anything else to put into Twister 2 The Next Generation? Not sure. We would have to do research into what's the current meteorology tech that the storm chasers are using. Well, they, they, they did invent an armored car specifically designed to drive into tornadoes because they were inspired by the scene in Twister where <laughs> they, drive, they drive the truck into the tornado so that it can launch the Dorothy probes. Awesome! <laughs> I guess we'll have to make that. <laughs> um, equipment. Uh, I don't care about the historic equipment. What's the current equipment? Some of them still use paper mats, so most of them use GPS. Uh, da, 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 da. That's just, this is mostly just using GPS. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And computers. I'm just thinking, is there anything funky, funky fresh? Probably the most advanced stuff is going to be drones. Yeah. And an armored car. <laughs> it's all, okay, yeah, the, the Wikipedia page, it's mainly just like, like the modern communication, modern computers, modern <laughs> <laughs> emergency equipment. Like it's all just stuff you'd need, like you'd expect them to need. There's not like special gear. Yeah. Aside from, yeah, their tornado interception vehicle. Yeah. <laughs> or the Dominator. <laughs> I love it when scientists give, like, the coolest name ever to their equipment. <laughs> but yeah, I think, I think I've run out of ideas. So, on that note, uh, here comes a cow and is holding a friendship promo. Moo. <laughs> <laughs> right now, you're suffering under an enormous weight. We provide... Leverage. Or at least, we rewatch the TV series of the same name. Each week, when me, I'm Cassidy. And... Hey, I'm Frankie. As we watch an episode of the show where bad guys make the best good guys. Find us on Twitter at Let's Steal Cast, or on iTunes at Let's Steal Podcast. And remember, H is a geek, baby. So, Lindsay, where can you be found on the internet? I can be found on Twitter at LindsayM476. That's Lindsay spelled with a name. You can get to all my other social media bullshits from there. Tanner, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at SparkyUpstart and Instagram at SparkyYoungUpstart. You can also find this very podcast on Twitter at N-I-I-R-Y-F-Pod. Those are the letters for not a fire boot you first, and they're pronounced. We've got cows! <laughs> you can also email us at notafireboutyoufirst at gmail.com. You can send us your comments, critiques, criticisms, or your favorite part of the suck zone. <laughs> it's too bad that Philip Seymour Hoffmar also passed away. Yeah. Because he was fun in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, send us your favorite Philip Seymour Hoffman movie, and maybe we'll reboot, you, reboot that one. Yeah. Anyways, you could even ask to be a guest, but if you do, make sure you send us a hint instead of the entire idea because we like being surprised. You can also rate and review us on your podcatcher of choice, and if you can't find us on your podcatcher of choice, then contact me and I'll try and get us in there. 
Not If I Reboot You First is a member of the Corner Podcast Network, and you can find out more about the other awesome shows we share the network with at CornerPodNet on Twitter. And last but not least, our cover art, as always, is by Alex, a.k.a. Pachu, and her work can be found on ptchew.com. And our theme music is done by our friend Sean Clake, and you can contact us to find out how to contact him if you'd like music of his own for your own. Lindsay! Tanner! Do you have a hint for next week? Next week, we're going to Gotham for school. Oh, hell yes! Yes. (laughs) So... We will do that next week, but not if we reboot you first. Bye.